Before we get into this show, uh, I would like to take this time to say that we proudly support Black Lives Matter. Um, so please visit blacklivesmatter.com where you can educate yourself on what this stands for, why this is happening and what you can do to help. Um, you'll find petitions, um, ways you can donate, help raise money for this cause, um, along with spreading the word and stuff like that. Um, we have, I hope you do too, um, it's not enough to be not racist, we have to be anti-racist. Stand by our black brothers and sisters, unite. Um, we're here to help. I know that we understand that we will never understand however with you we stand so thank you Hello and welcome to the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. We're back here once again. Episode 16, NXT TakeOver in your house. Stuart, you're with me as always. How are you, mate? Uh, very well to get a nice wee throwback pay-per-view here while still in the modern era. Uh, it's just a strange one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's the 25th anniversary of the first in-your-house pay-per-view. Give or take a few days, but um, excellent stuff. Looking forward to this. Yeah, just got done watching it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant um, to see the the unique bond of NXT, the, the future combined with twenty five years ago, the past. Um, just you know, to, to, to go into why we're doing NXT shows a lot because we've done pretty much takeover. There's been um, on the podcast as they come up because they're just so enjoyable to watch, though, aren't they? There's, there's yeah. so much energy involved in it, and we just enjoy sitting back and enjoying a pay per view for once. <laughs> Gen- generally, it's a very, very easy and quick watch. You don't have to deal with the the, the absolute bullshit filler between matches, the the twenty minute promos, and the the backstage nonsense. It's literally just bang, 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 match, 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 match. This was one of the more full NXT TakeOver cards, and I say that in terms of those, those six matches, which is really about as much as you ever get on them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, actually, actually, as we watched it, I thought it was quite, it was fine. It was, it was just an, an enjoyable watch. It didn't feel like it went too long or anything. So, first point to note, uh, Todd Pettingill uh, introduces us, which is fantastic. So, if you don't know who Todd Pettingill is, he was the original sort of uh, announcer, backstage interviewer um, through the, the In Your House era um, and famously gave away a house on In Your House, one of the In Your House shows. Um, what did you make of seeing him back and hearing his voice again and stuff he like was, that? For me, he was absolute highlight of the night uh, and that's not a knock on the wrestlers. I just think what he done was it was just it was so different. Yeah, it was a nice surprise. Yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. Um, and he also says that one lucky winner will not win a house. <laughs> he was he was on point throughout the night. Yeah, he's, he's jokes landed every time. Um, a live performance opened the show by Code Orange uh, with the underneath. Um, I've not got a clue who they are. Uh, this, was, this was the one. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, yeah, not my kind of music, and it just gets a show off to a cold start. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand that when there's no crowd. Like, What's the I don't point? know who you're trying to warm up there. Um, probably just Triple H. <laughs> Triple H getting a pop backstage. That's about it. <laughs> um, 
I love the NXT in your house logo. Um, I thought it was really, really crisp looking and gave us a nice sort of sense of nostalgia. Um, same with the stage and the set, which was totally unique to in your house. Um, very much. If it wasn't the actual set, it was a really solid remake. But they probably wheeled that out at WWE's warehouse. Would you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they've not made that. Uh, I talk. That's been in the, the archives. <laughs> fresh like a paint. Uh, fresh like a paint. Get the get the Hoover out on that official grass. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so the opening contest, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and Maya Yim will take on Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez and Candice LeRae. Um, so since we last had NXT, Candice LeRae has turned heel um, and obviously on her last show, which was I believe to NXT TakeOver Portland, Raquel Gonzalez debuted in a Dakota Kai-Tegan Knox match. Um, so these are some integrated feuds that have just been sort of thrown in there. I always felt like a six tag on a pay-per-view sort of screams of thrown together in this, you I know, it's just sort of... Totally agree, absolutely 100% agree, agree and this is exactly what this match felt like. Just uh, thrown together just to get people onto the card. Um, but they've done it in the opening match, so it kind of gets it out of the way early, doesn't it? Yeah, it gives you a little bit of pace for six people in there at one time. Um, no, points them no, uh, shots of black cap, she stood out for me. Um, I thought she was absolutely solid, Um Fun to watch. My um's offense is pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else stand out for you there? Or do you think that was the sort of main two that? Uh, I like how much kind of taking knocks is um the next incarnation of Hurricane Helms with her uh, <laughs> horror choke slam and their shining wizard, which is fucking bollocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think somebody at that height should be doing a choke slam. I think it always worked better when you know, as Kane and Undertaker, you know, seven foot tall, there or thereabouts. You know, guys, are, people are going up to that height when they're coming down. You know, eight feet high in the air. Um, it just works better. Otherwise, it just feels like a back bump. Um, I totally agree. Totally agree. It's all in the height, isn't it? Like yeah. maybe even that Raquel Gonzalez would have got away with it, but even at that, that would have been an absolute push at the limit. Yeah, um, the baby faces get the win here. Um, Dakota Kai hits the shiniest wizard on. Um, no, sorry, that's Tegan Knox hits the shiniest yeah. wizard on Dakota Kai. Um, it's nine minutes fifty seconds. This one went. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right. Um, it was fine for what it was. Yeah. Uh, second match: uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Uh, we get a promo package. Pretty much every match on the card after up to this point. After this point, has promo packages um, all unique to their own. I, I like the way they do the promo packages down there. Um, I don't know who's got their hand in that, but they're very, very good. They feel they're, very Davis Ahadi, don't they? They're better than what they're on the main roster anyway. Yeah, um, I'm sure Triple H has got them well drilled. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, Damien Priest, um, I like his look, Stuart. You, you were saying you think he's got pretty good shape, isn't he? Yeah, well, we we seen him wrestle for uh, Ring of Honor in Edinburgh a few years ago, a few years ago, and it was um, he was a few pounds overweight then to to kind of put it politely, but uh, he's got himself into shape. Uh, I think even Maro mentions at the one point that um, he has somehow managed to drop a hundred pounds in however many years. Uh, you can tell, obviously, he's in shape, but he's got the kind of fucking the kind of wrinkle in the skin, but you can see there's been excess skin over the years, so he's done well to get himself in shape, he looks good, um, his entrance is fantastic, um, does the old kind of uh, arrow pull towards his name and stuff yeah. like that. I like the thing with the lights as well, you know where he comes out and then the lights go away and he moves and the light comes back on and he's in a different spot. Yeah, he's, ve- he's very much the, the love child of Corbin and Reigns, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because Corbin's got that similar thing as well. He was a really big heavy boy as well. He yeah. did football, American football. Yeah. He's lost a lot of weight as well. So I think that's maybe a, a similar path to- in terms totally of, you know. agree, man. Totally agree. And Barlow's fucking amazing. So, <laughs> uh, 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 There's washboard abs and then there's just Braille. And that's just him. Like, he's yeah, just so in shape. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Never heard of a carb. Yeah. Um, he gives you some questionable feelings. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, nah, he's a top top performer. He has he's a fucking superstar. Yeah, um, star. It's a shame that he kind of get lost in the shuffle on on Raw and SmackDown, but I think NXT is a place for him. Um, he just looks a cup of everybody else. Even, yeah, and that, that includes the champion. I, I think it turned out the perfect time for him because he was really getting lost um, big time. You know, where people were starting to just give up on the idea of him being a top guy um, on the main roster. So bringing him, bring him into NXT and having NXT sort of becoming that third brand yeah. on TV two hours a week. Um, it works really, really, really well for him, and he's a real stalwart for that that division in that. Yeah, exactly. you know, the... And it works both ways. Like he gives the star power to NXT, and it's the best place for him. So perfect yeah. match made in heaven. One one. Um, Decent match here. Um, Priest has got a lovely flat flat liner. Um, I like his work in this match. Just I, I pointed out different parts of it. You know, he seems very more much more polished. Yeah. Um, than he was when he first went in. As we were seeing him in ROH. Um, yeah, developmental's working wonders for him. You know, just, <laughs> just taking, taking a performer who has the the physical attributes and you know the charisma and it, it seems to all be there. The look, you know, it's all there. It's just molding it, putting it together, and making it right for TV. Um, yeah. Thumbs up for me. He hits the razor's edge onto the apron um, to Finn Balor. <laughs> it did look greatly impactful. Um, looked pretty safe, but it's just, I like I like to see the razor's edge. I thought it was a great. Move. Oh, it's, it's it's one of my favourite finishers, and it's it's probably the best name for a finisher. Obviously, it doesn't it only work to be Razor Ramones for the gimmick. Um, yeah. But I like that they still refer to it as the razor's edge. Um, it's, it's like the old Vader bomb and stuff like that. But it's some whoever did it first. Like, ah, we may as well just keep their name. Of you know, course, like... of course. Um, I was trying to think of a name. That priest could use, but I couldn't. I, I absolutely could not come up with one. Um, altar breaker. Altar breaker. Oh, that's, that's bad actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that you that one. Priest church. There we go. Mm. <laughs> you have that one for free, Damien. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. <laughs> um, Balor's belly kick, gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Damien leaps from the floor to the apron. He's no Brock Lesnar. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he gets up there though. Yeah. Um, Balor goes up for the coup de grab, but Priest sort of grabs him and choke slams him from the top. I thought this could have been done a wee bit better. And t- it felt like more of a like a foot down rather than you know getting the height and coming down. I thought it'd been like, it looked a bit better. Um, and then the the bump of the night um, mm. earlier on in the match, Damien Priest has set up the sort of big chunk of the stairs, the bottom half of the steel steps on the outside. Um, he then goes to the apron to try and razor's edge Balor onto it. Balor gets free and pushes. Um, Damien onto the steps, solid bump, knocked the window of anybody. Um, it was the the Vince bump for St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Like, yeah. He bumped, but then he bounces. Like, oh, yeah, yeah bastard. <laughs> How Bad did one. that not hurt? Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so I saw a bump, Bala takes over, hits the coup de grace for the win at 13 minutes and 7 seconds. Um, did you enjoy this one? Because I watched it for another five, five, seven minutes, man. It was um, it was very, very enjoyable. Always nice to see Ball in the ring, big fan, as you know. Um, I think Damien Priest got put over well, even in defeat. Um, yeah. he, he, he had a good innings here. <clears throat> good, yeah, good a good show. I think anybody losing to Finn Balor, as long as you pull a good match out, you're, you're, you're over in anybody else's eyes, you know. It's, um, Absolutely. He's got that sort of star power about him. I, I, I did like... Um, I do like the idea that, you know, Balor's sort of middling around here. You know, he's, he's faced off with Gargano, Riddle. You know, he's, he's beaten some of the, the guys who have been there and proven himself a wee bit. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the time. If it happens, him and Adam Cole for the title. I think yep. he's the perfect guy to take the title from Adam Cole. I and like, I think that's the perfect top quality feud that people want to see. I would absolutely agree, because we've seen every other kind of match-up with Adam Cole against, uh, like, Champa, uh, Gargano, obviously, Dream Tonight. Um, the only person who's really not faced with the belt is... 
as Bala. Um, yeah, I mean there is guys coming up just now. I just see carrying crosses there later on. Uh, that guy Dexter Loomis who gets involved later as well. The mm-hmm. people like that who are still sort of finding their way to yeah, that level. They're not Bala's definitely there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He can just <laughs> you're in the ring with Bala. He's going to make you look like a million bucks. He's um he's that kind of talent. He's um. He's probably in the league of Daniel Bryan, kind of. You know, he just makes MD look good. If you can't have a good match with Bala, you, you don't have a chance. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, we, we then get, uh, speaking of devil, Adam Cole and an Ico Pro commercial. Mm. Um, did a few of these throughout the show. They're throwing back to sort of the old in your house stuff and what would happen on the show stuff like that. I thought it was fantastically funny. Yeah. Um, just see wee things like that. It was only, you know, 20 second, 30 second snippets. Nice wee transition to the next part of the show. Yeah. Promo package for Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee. Um, Gargano's promo while he's having his dinner with Candice uh, was basically the signified their heel turn. Um, Gargano already did turn heel, but sort of Candice went that way as well, which was quite surprising. Um, the sort of story is that they, those two carry the flag for NXT and they feel like they are the benchmark, so people coming in and taking their spots, they're not happy about it. Um, I feel this is a few to sort of develop both Gargano and Keith Lee um, to a certain degree, but not in terms of like. I don't see this being a top feud that's going to go on for a long while. I just see it as, you know, a couple of months, move on. Um, a funny moment just before the, the match starts, Gargano um, comes out the actual door of the house sort of set. <laughs> um, and as he's coming out, he turns the thermostat down, which is right next to a framed picture of Doc Hendricks, which is just hilarious. I don't know who Doc, Doc Hendricks is. It's the old Michael P.S. Hayes, Doro EF character. Um, it, was a, it, was pure, it was purely sexual Michael Hayes in his ring announcing uh, <laughs> era. <laughs> his permed mullet. Uh, so he turns, oh, uh, he, he, he turns uh, the, the, the thermostat down to 69. Brown. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny, like, stuff like that, little nuances, and you know Michael Hayes is watching that at some point, just pissing himself oh, off. Right. Uh, that's all known for Triple H and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Keith Lee's entrance theme, both brilliant and hilarious. Um, so we're going to get a reverse David and Goliath here with um, David being the, the, the heel and Goliath being the face. Um Feel it process early on. Gargano's got two targets in this match. Keith Lee's eye, which he injured with a key, house puns, and the hand <laughs> where he bruised the finger stomping it between the, the steel steps and the ring post a few weeks prior. So always makes it more believable when a little guy's got something to work over. You know, it gives him that advantage um, to slay the dragon. The old dent in the armour, isn't it? Um, yeah, it just, it just it doesn't work for me. The the heel being the kind of the smaller guy and stuff like that. Unless the, the smaller guy has got like an entourage, like... Um, like a Rollins has his entourage against the bigger guys kind of thing, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, the numbers game, yeah. And I will also say, a, a heel Gargano, it's, it's not it's not for me at all. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a natural fit. It's absolutely not. It's, it feels very forced. Um, and spoilers, I don't particularly enjoy the work of Keith Lee either. Um, bring on the heat. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know, I just... I don't. He's he's not bad. I just don't think he's as good as what people say is. Not not from, from what I've seen anyway. He's just he's a bit sloppy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen a lot of Keith Lee. Um, I, I went on my way to sort of to watch a few of his matches because I quite liked what I've seen from him. Um, with his match with Dijakovic, um, his appearance at the Rumble and stuff like that. I quite liked what I've seen from him. Um, I felt this match was really underwhelming for, for who was involved. Oh, hundred and ten percent. Yep. Um, I thought it was hard for Gargano to work his usual style against someone that is literally triple his size. Yeah, I don't. I, this is kind of a match where Keith Lee should be working like a big man. Um, yes, I, I don't feel like I don't feel like he did. I don't feel like it, the narrative um, of both of them. I, um, 
they're both capable of fast paced matches. I don't have a problem with them slowing it down a bit, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that's been a complaint from us from the NXT takeovers that we've watched. There's sometimes you need a breather, yeah. so there's not a problem with having a building up to the big matches, yeah. fair enough. Um, so I'm not having a complaint about the pace, but I just felt like if you're not going to bring the pace, bring us some spots, space it out, you know, don't just slow it down and then bang and then slow it down and bang, you know, don't, it felt really slow for about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I think, yeah, for the first kind of 10, 15 minutes, as you say, and then see as soon as the spot happened where uh, Lee smashes Gargano through the, the perplex glass, I think the match finally picked up after that. Yeah. Uh, but up until then, it was, it was, it was dreadful. They were they were mistiming spots. They were out of position. It just looked a bit, it just looked a bit messy for me uh, up until that point. And then it actually started to to um, get some steam. Yeah, some of the sloppy bots, sloppy spots started to become um, noticeable. Um, and just, uh, mis- miscommunications. I think it was maybe just that master styles mm-hmm. impacting the chemistry that they had, um, or they should have had. Um, I felt a wee bit let down by it. Candice Ray shows up. Uh, her and my I'm doing a bit of a brawl. Um, that distracts the referee enough for Gargano to stick the key into the eye of Keith Lee. Um, so, we kind of thought that was, that was maybe going to be the finish. Uh, Keith Lee, superpowers, kicks out after move after move, um, hits a spirit bomb twice, and it's a big bank catastrophe for the win. <laughs> 20 minutes, 35 seconds, retains his North American Championship. Um, yeah, underwhelming for me. Yeah, Just... I'd, I'd have swapped again of a timing with this uh, the previous match. Had this gone, um, maybe five six, seven minutes less, it'd probably been more enjoyable. Um but nah, it was it was over it was underwhelming. I expected yeah. a, a, a better match for something a match involving Gargano. We get a nice advert for the upcoming twenty four of Ric Flair's WWE retirement back at WrestleMania twenty four, which we have covered in our archives. Um <laughs> I, I'm quite in, intrigued to see I don't know if you really could think so much to this ad that was up, but I mean that was a long time ago. Yeah. What's, I'm quite surprised that they have yeah, what's changed <laughs> that kind of footage from then, you know, mm. and like why they're releasing it now, sort of thing. Quite surprised by that one. Um, we get a, a cookie sandwich advert, uh, Regal's voiceover. There's one of these earlier on the show as well, I just find them hilarious. Um, and we're into our NXT Championship match, um, quite early on the card. Yes, there's two matches to go after this one Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream and a backlot brawl. Um, Adam Cole turns up in a undisputed era monster truck. Um, monster truck sumo match, anybody? Yeah. Uh, was, uh, was, uh, have, have we, has the network switched to Halloween Havoc 95? Uh, fucking hell. <laughs> it was giant. Um, so basically, what they've done is here, I don't know, they found like, it looks like an old motel, um, you know, sort of L-shaped building. They've put a ring in the middle of the car park. There's cars surrounding it with lights on, with people in them sort of cheering on. Um, a unique setting, to say the least. This is the latest in the... Covid era of uh, cinematic wrestling, cinematic yeah. matches. Yeah. Um, by the way, Tom Phillips, I'm giving his first credit of the night on the podcast, but um, he was fantastic. References the Guerrero Cena backlot brawl match, which is the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I like somebody who knows their stuff. Velveteen Dreams throws up in a Lambo. Um, Hollywood Hogan, I like coming out of the baseball bat in hand and stuff like that. It just like, looked very WCW. Yeah, he's got the he's got Hollywood Velveteen Dream on the back of his jacket. Uh, looks Fantastic. looks class. He looks he looks very very strange without his gimmicks on. Um, he just looks like street clothes, wasn't it? Yeah, it just looks a wee bit odd. Um, ah, this this match was. Um... Speaking of underwhelming, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't great, was it? 
No, I'd, I'd say this is probably the worst of the, the COVID era cinematic matches. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. I, I watched um, AEW's recent one as well, uh, the Stadium Stampede, which was actually quite good as well. Oh, okay, so, okay. Um, to, to, to watch this one, I was really underwhelming. Um, I felt like they over overproduced it. Um, there was a lot of just brawling without purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we had about maybe eight minutes of stuff of match where nothing was happening. Yeah, just walking um, brawl, walking brawl. Yeah, Cole gets slammed onto the bonnet of a car um, and Velveteen Dream brings a ladder. And just before he can jump off at the Undisputed Era, boys arrive in a car and like, start flashing the lights, mm-hmm. which blinds Velveteen Dream, allowing Adam Cole to get up on top of the ladder. He thanks his buddies, but it's not good enough. He gets pushed off the top of the ladder and takes a painful bump onto the car windshield, which was a, quite a good bump. You know, quite a... Yeah, that was probably the best visual of the match. Yeah, it was a, a big highlight. Um, his arm gets cut open and stuff like that. Um, that From that point on, on uh, it's just Bobby Fish and... Roderick Strong, Kyle Riley's got the night off. I've uh, <laughs> got other plans. Um, they start throwing some chairs into the ring um, before Dexter Loomis appears. I've not seen much of this guy, relatively newcomer um, to the NXT television anyway. Um, he locks Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish in the boot of a car um, and leaves. So that leaves one-on-one once again. <laughs> um, and uh, kind of wanders yeah. down to the finish, doesn't it? Like, it just sort of slows down again. It just fizzles out, man. Um, Adam Cole retains 14 minutes 55 seconds. Um, the, the, the car horns go off on the outside. Uh, I, said, I thought it was quite poor. It was quite annoying with the screaming and the, the flashing light. I think you 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 mentioned that as we were watching it, the the lights kind of took you out because they were so prominent. Yeah, you just couldn't see a fucking thing. Then the car horns as well. It was um it was it was it was pretty poor actually. Um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't too impressed at all, which is unfortunate because these two guys are are incredible. Uh, yeah, dreams mannerisms are just untouchable. Um, Cole, probably one of the better workers in the world at the minute. Um, expected with a great, with a great title run going for him just now as well. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. I, th- I felt like obviously he just passed the year mark. This would have been a good match for him to really, you know, sum that up really, and you know, and show that why he's been the champion. Just did not land for me. Um, that's a shame because I love the cinematic stuff, but it just didn't have home this one. Um. I feel bad dragging on NXT. <laughs> yeah, it's been one of the poorer takeovers so far, so far that we've watched. Yeah, just a bit underwhelming. Maybe maybe by their own standards, you know, I just feel a bit flat. Um, Todd Pettengill selling some merch the old-fashioned way. Um, so he's backstage with the merch table behind him and stuff like that. And he tells people to, to dial the 1-900 and then he gets somebody in his ear and he's like... There's no, there's no more one nine hundred number. Uh, I think he's funny, man. His jokes, as I say, his acting and his selling of it, it's just it's so nineties yeah. and funny, and it just lands. I love it. Every every single segment landed that he done. Yeah, uh, we also see Triple H, HBK, and Road Dog backstage fighting with an old computer, <laughs> which I found funny. You probably didn't. Uh, Try to get on a fucking AOL, AOL chat with old DOS machines, man. Absolutely <laughs> <and> stuff. <laughs> Uh, and they're also having a, a beard competition, it seems, of all... I mean, Triple H had a beard for quite some time, but Michaels and Road Dog are trying to catch him up. Um, and because Road Dog's got the old shaved head, <laughs> he's kind of like, have he just moved his hair around? He right looks uh, in bad shape, old Road Dog, doesn't he? He's not ageing particularly well. <laughs> no, but listen, at least he's clean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, next up, uh, Carrying Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa. Um, we got a video package of Cross, uh, Cross and Scarlett, who recently debuted. Um... Killer Cross was, was was his known name in TNA. Um, didn't know much about him beforehand. I've enjoyed what he's done so far since he came up to NXT. Uh, I don't think you've seen an awful lot until this point. Yeah, this sure. is the first I've seen him. Um, you pop for the entrance. Um, 
wasn't impressed at all. Her um, Scarlet's lip syncing to the lyrics looks dreadful. Um, yeah, that's the one part I don't like. Um, I think the way she... It's not even just specifically the, the lip syncing, it's the way in which she does it. She acts like she's screaming, but the actual audio is not screaming. Exactly. So it's, it just looks absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the actual visuals of the entrance, you know, where they're standing on the ramp and it's black and white, and then when sort of she drops down and Cross comes out of the ring and there's smoke and stuff, I thought it was, I think it, I think it's a good visual. Um it's nice to have something unique like that. Um, I like Cross's facials as well. I think he does look like an absolute maniac. And this match had to get him over as that, and I think it did. Um, we're in for a short match here, but some hard-hitting stuff. Um, Cross's double-handled double sort of choke slam onto the apron for Champa. That was a big one. That was a big spot. Um, he always wins more when people have had neck issues, don't you, with spots <laughs> you like do, that? You do, and this was, this was a hard-hitting affair for someone like uh, Champa, who obviously has that hick in history. Yeah. I think Champa does a good jo- good job selling, putting the guy over. Um, I think you're, you're probably going to say that Tommaso should be placed better on the card. Would you, would you agree with that? Like... I still believe, obviously he's faced now, but I think Tommaso's one of the best heels in the world. Um, when he's working heel, there's, there's very, very few that are better than him. He's so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't shown in this light, unfortunately. No, uh, the match goes 6 minutes 10. Um, I say short match. Uh, carrying cross, almost called Killer Cross, <laughs> um, gets over here, gets the win uh, with a submission as well. Time, uh, I believe he's calling the the cross jacket. Um, yeah, I mean, I quite like this guy. I think he's got something there. Um, I would say that you know, if Champ is not going to be at the top of the card, the next best thing he could be doing is, is putting over a talent who they have yeah. big ideas for because he's Definitely. been at the top. Um, so uh, absolutely. I like the use of him here um, to do that. And the fact that it was quick was quite a, oh, you know, because I think we were both quite shocked by how quick it ended. Um, but a really good rub for, for Karrion Cross. And I like to, I'd like to see where he goes and how his character develops as well as him as an athlete and a polished performer um, on NXT. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> we get um, What a Rib, a promotion for the greatest wrestling match ever, a backlash coming up next Sunday, uh, Edge and Randy Orton. Uh, looking forward to this uh, five star classic. Oh, I <laughs> love me some rest holds. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also see the oddities. Uh, I mean, Code Orange, uh, the band from earlier on. Um, <laughs> they're a strange bunch, man. <laughs> uh, they just look a bunch of fucking jobbers, don't they? <laughs> uh, it, could, it could have been the, them for the Howard Stern show back in the day, yeah. the, the, the Black Pack. <laughs> <laughs> We also see Robert Stone in the crowd, um, who was Chelsea Green's agent, um, who was sacked recently. Um, used to be Robbie E in Impact. He's quite funny, man. He's entertaining. Um, yeah, his wishes were good. He was taking the break up pretty harsh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's funny on Twitter and stuff like that. He's like, you know, has anybody got so-and-so's number? And yeah, yeah. He's, he's good. I like him. Um, main event, um, NXT Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai versus Charlotte Flair. Um, interesting fact here from Tom Phillips. Three championship matches for Io Shirai and WWE, eight for Rhea Ripley, and 66 for Charlotte Flair. Um, she's and she's not overpushed at all, is she? <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? That's an unbelievable stat. Um, so, standard triple threat match stuff we're going to get here, aren't we? Round Robin, a lot of exchanging spots between the three. Um, Io hits her 619. Yeah, that was it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Finish. I was going to sit there and wait until you reacted. Yeah. <laughs> um, Charlotte's double spear is more of a double clothesline. Um, what was the spot about? She tried like an actual selection, but just as a forward roll, and Rhea, like, somebody missed something there. Yeah, she tries to kind of catch the arm on the way through. It was just, yeah, it was. <clears throat> Again, it was kind of the it kind of set the, the the tone for the match, though, wasn't it? It was just really underwhelming. 
messy, sloppy. People seem to be missing their spots. Uh, it's it's quite poor actually. Yeah, uh, we get the sort of spot of the night. They fight up to the ramp. Um, this is not the spot of the night. Eel gets thrown through the the window, um, which is just a wooden frame yeah. for no glass. I was gutted. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were going to get the old Michael Janetti. Um, <laughs> so um, that, that takes out of the equation. Rhea and Charlotte have a bit of a brawl, and then we see um, Eel on top of the the, the house on, on on the actual set. Um, dives off the diving crossbody, taking out both Rhea and Charlotte. Josie, do this, mamma mia! <laughs> uh, Melrose on fire tonight. <laughs> I'm glad um, someone is. <laughs> Aye, uh, Rhea, we get back in the ring, um, ripped tight from Brett's rope on, on um, Charlotte from Rhea, of course, uh, Eel Shirai breaks up the pinfall. We then get the, the, the ending spot, if you like, um, Charlotte goes into a figure four, trying for the figure eight, and Eel Shirai comes off the top with a moonsault landing right on Rhea's head. Um, it's almost like Rhea didn't see it coming, um, despite the fact that it was the finish, it, was yeah. just, it looked really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um she pins Rhea Ripley while Charlotte still got the submission in, um, which, I, which I thought was nice because Charlotte couldn't get out of the figure four because it is like a tangle of legs. Yeah, but she um, was moving, so that should have been a breakage of the pinfall. Like, you know, you know yeah. what kind of break of the pinfall? Any kind of, um, any kind of movement breaks up a pinfall. Yeah. Yeah, so the referee done the right thing and just ignored that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't, let, don't let logic get in the way of a good story. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, so Io Shirai wins the title, which I suppose is absolutely shocking. Um, did not see that coming so soon after Charlotte actually winning the title. Um, but with the same token, they probably want to keep her primarily on Raw and SmackDown um, going forward. I could be wrong. Yeah, but... it's kind of bad news for Asuka, who will probably be dropping the title the next uh, chance she gets. Um... Yeah, I, th- I think the fact that Becky's obviously a wee on maternity now yeah, bringing... has played into that somewhat. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, quite, quite surprising. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a good enough match. I didn't think it was great. Um, surprising result. Um, as we said, you know, the Moonsault finish looked a bit dangerous. It's a high-risk spot, I suppose. But um, And because the show with the ring covered in confetti and streamers for Eos win. Uh, but interesting to see where they go with that title going forward on TV and stuff like that. Who's sort of she's going to feed with next? Probably just Rhea. Um, but yeah, that, that, that surprised me. Um, yeah, I think Rhea was only added to that match to take the pinfall. So Charlotte doesn't have to get pinned. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, overall thoughts on the show then? Uh, really, really underwhelming. Um, to the point I was actually disappointed that we chose to watch this. Um, mm-hmm. NXT is generally the, the flag bearer, the standard. Uh, not on this occasion, unfortunately. Um, I thought the six women tag just looked kind of thrown together. Um, the Balor match was probably the match of the night. I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gave kind of gave Priest uh, a good rub. The Lee Gargano match again could have been could have been so much better, but it should have been a hell of a lot shorter. The as you say, the Killer Cross got a good uh, good rub, a good showing. Uh, going over Champa so easily uh, didn't actually tap him out. Uh, Champa passed out, gets the move over. Good stuff, and um, yeah, the main event was was pretty, pretty poor and pretty sloppy. Which you don't expect um, from these three. Yeah, you've got, you've got three of the better wrestlers in WWE at that point, you know. Um, yeah, and I think I've missed a match in there as well. <laughs> uh, oh, not too surprised. Um, it's the backlot brawl. <laughs> ah, right, okay. Ah, that was um, again. Yeah, that's, that's I'd, just... I'd, I'd agree with most of that anyway. Um, 
that lot of brawl I thought was really disappointing. Um, and that's your really poorly done. That's your pre-taped match as well. Yeah, I mean that should be the that should be the match uh, the, the match of the night. Yeah, that should be finessed. Yeah. Um, and then you've got I mean main event. Actually, I thought the main event was okay. I thought the the Balor Priest match was good. Um, Champion Cross was good. The rest I could really have done without and could have really been improved. Um, I thought it felt better paced than the last few shows that we've watched NXT wise. Um, but it really missed that big fight feel main event. You know, it missed that big. Mm-hmm. To cap it all off, it's a nice moment for you to win the title, but I don't think the match was lived up to that, you know. Um, with, the, with the exception of the, the cinematic match and the celebration at the end, you could have looked at this pay-per-view and if someone told you this is an NXT team, I wouldn't have thought any different about it. Uh, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, so, if, if, if you were to give it a grade? Yeah, it's probably a, it's probably a C. So, yeah, I think I'd, I'd maybe lean towards a C+. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not great. Um, as you said, but we're going to actually skip this show originally, mm-hmm. um, and we say no, we'll do it because NXT takeover was always brilliant. Um, yeah, so we've decided to do this instead of Backlash because we thought this card would have been better. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a nice, short and sweet episode this week. Um, there's not an awful lot else to talk about on it, so. We'll see you next week for uh, Vengeance 2006. <laughs> yes, looking forward to that very much. So um, I'm sure that'll be a much more uh, appetising episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks very much for listening. Thanks for joining me, Stuart. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Take care, everybody.